Cue the music, Brett. Hey, this is the House Calls Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Mike. This is a podcast where we take your calls on all the places we dwell and the problems associated with them. You have a problem in your home? Call 1-800-511-6842 to have your question answered. So let's get on with the show. We have a call lined up. Who is it, Mike? Her name is Laura. Brett, if we can call this woman, she has a, a roofing issue, and let's find out what's going on. Hello? Laura, this is Mike and Jeremy at House Calls Podcast. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Hey, we're, we're doing, doing great. All right. We are recording here in the studio, and we wanted to follow up on your call about your roof. You have an issue with your roof. We have an issue with the roof, yep, because there's water on the inside. There's water on the inside. That's an issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you want us to just confirm that water on the underside of the roof is an issue? I was wondering if that was an issue. Yes. Yes. Have a good evening. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your call. <laughs> Thank you very much for the answer. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where are you calling from, by the way? So I'm calling from Tilson. Okay. Tilson, New York? Yes, Tilson, New York. Excellent. Do us a favor. Describe this a little bit. What's going on? All right. So I'll give you a little background. So we live in a two-story cape. And a few years back, we had some problems with ice dams. Mm. And we had water coming in at all sorts of places on the first floor. And so what was happening was um, water was sort of traveling the beam towards the center of the house. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happened, we had a lot of attic work done. We had like an attic fan installed and they changed some things with insulation. And there was not too long after we did everything to patch up the ceiling and everything. We did notice some moisture, but then everything seemed okay until a few weeks ago. In one of the old spots, a couple of drips of water were coming down. Mm-hmm. So we do know that our roof is getting near the end of its life, but we were hoping that we could figure out what was going on and fix it and wait a few more years for a new roof. What type of scope of work was performed when you had the ice dams? They just patched it up on the interior. But okay. We had, in, like I said, in the attic, they changed some insulation. And if I recall... What they said was um, in the knee wall area of the attic that the insulation was on the outside roof. So I believe they took it and put it on the interior walls. Okay. I know what that means, yeah. I believe they call it a gable fan. At the end of the attics, they put one of those on that sort of clicks on. They were just saying the condensation was part of the issue and yeah. Hmm. So I guess my first question is now you said like a couple of weeks ago you had water coming in. Did it correlate with rain? Yes, it was. Uh, we had several rainy days. Okay. And we had at that spot, we had noticed at one point that we it looked like it had been wet, but we had never seen any moisture, never felt wet, but it looked a little discolored. This is a great call because people have uh, roof issues all the time for uh, several different right. reasons. So the two dormers on the roof, are they close together or far apart? How far apart are they? Roughly 10 feet? Five feet? Uh, Closer to 10 plus, yeah. 10 feet apart. Okay, so... Yep. And when you say the water was running down the beam and and moving to a different spot, like which beam was it running down? Was it running down the roof rafters or was it running down the main beam that runs across the whole length of the roof? So that I could not answer for you. 
I don't know. I don't know. That's when that was the ice dam issue. And um, but I think the way they described it was that there was a leak happening, you know, sort of in the valley where the dormer meets the roof. Uh And and then it was traveling along into the center of the house. Okay. All right. This makes more sense. Okay. I think I understand. Yeah. So from what it sounds like is there's improper flashing somewhere in those gables somewhere. Valley, right? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. they probably shingled where uh, there's a couple of different ways to shingle a valley of a roof. And uh, Mm -hmm. you could leave the flashing exposed, you know, so exposed flashing valley. Or you can lap the shingles. And it sounds like what they did is they probably lapped the shingles so that the shingles run up the valley of the roof. And, of course, when you get snow buildup and things like that, um, it probably backs up in there. Now, that answers the ice damming, but it doesn't answer the rain uh, questions. So you may just have improper flashing around different things. You may have improper flashing in the valleys of the dormers. You may have improper flashing where the ridge of the dormer meets the main gable of the house. Um, the main pitch, uh-huh. pitch of the house. Uh-huh. And you also may have improper flashing up on the ridge, the main ridge of the building, and or, I know this is a lot, <laughs> you, you may have... Imp- no, it's fine. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> you may have improper flashing around some of the penetrations that go through the roof. So, for instance, like a bathroom vent right, yep. or like a vent pipe or something like that. So, so when it comes to roofs and it comes to contractors, the flashing makes or breaks the job. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's where the rubber meets right, the road. Right, right. The shingles are the show and tell. Like, hey, look at all the shingles we're putting on and it looks great and it's wonderful. Sure. But you never know how good the job is unless you know how good the flashing is. It could also be um right. potentially it could be a driving rain. I mean, maybe not with a cape because a cape usually has, I don't know, 10, 12, 12, 12 pitch, relatively steep roof. Yeah. yeah. So it might not necessarily be a, a driving rain. Scratch but, that. But still, <laughs> steep roof depends on how it faces. I've been on roofs that uh, were quite steep. And because of the prevailing winds, mm-hmm. especially during thunderstorms that come in at That's a certain true. angle, it'll just drive it mm-hmm. right up the roof. Yeah. So I think the the roof is leaking in two ways. It sounds like heavy rain and then potentially um like you said, with ice dams. I think it's important right. that whoever you get a price from to replace your roof, mm-hmm. unless you already have a roofing contractor, really needs yeah. to yeah. understand that they're not just doing a reshingle and that they need to right. understand how insulation and ventilation work together with the roofing job. That's right. It's not just a shingle tear-off. There's, there's other stuff going on here. And maybe— yep. It might be tough to find a roofing contractor that understands those things. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any contractor that you normally work with? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. So, you know, ask around, find somebody that you trust. And um, if you find somebody that you trust, just make sure that they really understand the problem and that they're confident in remedying it. Sure. So any uh, suggestions for questions to ask? That's a great— That's a good question. Yeah. Um, making sure that the roofing contractor understands what ice dams are and how they're formed. Okay. And if, if that person seems wishy-washy, then I don't think that's the right roofing contractor for you. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. All well, right. Thank you for all of the advice. Absolutely. And we appreciate your call. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Laura, thank you so much. And don't be surprised if at a later date we call to see how this thing was resolved. 
All right. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> I hope it is resolved. <laughs> hey, you have a great day. Have a great night. Thank yep. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ice dams are roof, tough. Ice dams, roof leaks. Luckily, it wasn't a condensation roof leak because those and that's are a whole the tough other story. Ones. Those are the tough ones. But uh, yeah, hopefully that answered your question. And uh, let's get on to the next one. Who do we got here? We have Susie calling from Saratoga Springs. All right, Susie or Susan? I don't know. I'm gonna mess this up. Hello. Hi, this is Jeremy and Mike calling from the House Calls podcast. Hey, guys. Hey, what's going on? Well, happy to hear from you. Great. Well, what's going on is a um, a deck in our second home that is um, has been, truthfully, much neglected. So I'm calling for your expert opinions without being castigated. Um, <laughs> to uh, renew it, you know, what work needs to be done to bring it back and uh, and then to take it from there. Okay. Susie, where are you calling from? Saratoga Springs. Nice. And where is your second home? In Tupper Lake. Tupper Lake. Tupper Lake. Yeah. That's a nice spot. Yeah. It's beautiful. In the mountains. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think, frankly, we don't get there often enough, so... When we are there, like, who wants to do that, right? Well, I can end this call very quickly. Just (laughs) sign your house over to the House Calls podcast. We'll take care of the deck. No problem. And uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Okay. (laughs) It's a deal. (laughs) What are the deck boards made out of? I believe they're mahogany. They sort of look pretty nondescript because they're they're very dry so they're rough and um they're dark so um i don't know if it has mildew or you know it's okay so are are the deck boards the issue with the deck or is there other structural issues it's just the um the way it looks, except I'm uh-huh. sure that this, the, the risk is that in this neglect that we, uh, it won't age well. Hmm. So I, actually, I'm sure now that it's mahogany because we chose that because of the reputation that mahogany has. So your concern is how it looks, but is it just the um, is it just the mahogany decking, or is it the handrails? Is it the seating? It's, it's at this point, it's everything. Everything. Okay. Yeah. So how's the yeah. mahogany holding up? Because typically, mahogany has a reputation for holding up quite well, except for yeah. it gets grayed out and all that stuff. But that's just natural for mahogany. Yeah, I think it's it's sturdy as ever. I mean, I haven't inspected it that closely, but I I don't think there's anything like rot or, you know, anything, as I said, structural. The matter. Mm, okay, good. Well, that's half the battle because when I hear we have deck issues, I think of like rotting out pressure treated joists, which are the like the floorboards that the boards right. that support the floor, uh-huh. or like handrails, or you know, Seating. there's some. Seating Flower or boxes. even the decking, a lot of people will deck their deck with pressure-treated lumber, uh-huh. and it doesn't hold up real well. It actually rots out after a short amount of time, Yeah, uh, you know, 10 years or something like that. Yeah. No, I don't think that it has any of that. Um, we actually have uh, family members who I think would uh, have noticed <laughs> that kind of thing. Good. And so... It's just that it's 
it's long overdue for maintenance. Okay. So you want to spice the mahogany back up, but you don't want to grade out. You want, kind of want to bring its luster back. That would be terrific. And, and to get rid of the, the roughness of it. Uh, is this something that that you think that you're going to take on yourself or you're going to hire a contractor to do well i think that depends in part on what you all have to say (laughs) (laughs) um you know then i'm going to have to play tom sawyer here and get to paint my fence um so to speak um yeah because it's a big deck i don't remember the exact dimensions but it's uh probably 12 by 18, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Mike, I'm curious what you have to say about this. I've actually never in 13 years of business ever refinished a deck. I've never really? sanded deck boards. I've never, um, I've never power washed deck boards or railings for that matter. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure you have uh, something to say about it. Have you ever sanded or refinished a deck? Actually, I've pressure-treated decks quite often. Pressure-washed. Sorry, pressure-washed, sorry. Uh, because the stain will get uh, uh, subpar mm-hmm. through the years. So pressure-wash, which can off, restain it, things like that. I've done that. That helps preserve the wood. The thing with mahogany is very hard wood. It holds up really well. But it will. The fibers of the wood will raise. So typically, if you wanted to refinish that, probably step one, pressure-wash it. Right, just okay. um, mm-hmm. but you got to be careful who you hire because you can really ruin a deck or wood with a pressure washer. That's one. So a lot of homeowners okay. would probably end up ruining their deck if they tried pressure okay. washing it. Two, okay. if you don't want to, you know, you got some guy or a girl and you don't want them hanging around your nice mahogany deck with a pressure washer, I would sand it. I would literally spend a day sand it. You know, sand down all the rough fibers. Personally, I would not sand it by hand with a sanding block or sandpaper. I would get, it's probably, if you don't have a palm sander or an orbital sander, orbital sander. it's worth buying one. Yeah. You don't have to get a super fancy one. Yeah, yeah a random orbit sander, probably a, a five inch. Okay, so you're not talking about we should buy one of those machines. And no, 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 no. No, not, no. Don't, not, not to be confused with like a um, floor sander. Yeah, floor sander for no. hardwood okay. floors inside. Great. Yeah, Great. and I would get a I would get a sander, and I'd go over all the mahogany, just quickly sand the whole thing, and then if you wanted to, you could refinish it. But I'm telling you okay. now, the refinish mm-hmm. will not hold on mahogany. Mahogany spits everything. It spits paint. Okay. I shouldn't say that. You could paint it. You can technically, but it's going to spit any type of finish or clear finish or even paint over time. It, it'll it'll shed it. Do you want it to have a, a certain type of sheen? Or do you want it to have no, a, like a real you know, finished look? Mm-mm. But okay. the, it, you know, it, the idea when you said um, it raises a fiber, that was exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't feel comfy for bare feet, you know. So I just like sure. it to look. Right. Now, are you saying that you pressure wash then sand, or pressure wash? Or sand. No, I would pressure wash then sand, but you could probably okay. skip all the pressure wash yeah. and just sand it, unless it's like okay. m- moldy or whatever. Yeah, I'd sk- okay. personally, I'd skip the pressure wash. I mean, you can give okay. it you can give it a quick hose down with a garden hose. You can even wash okay. it with a with right. a scrub brush. Yep, you could do that. Oh, okay. So if it is moldy, would there be a product that you would advise to use and before we yes. sand it? Or- 
Yes. If it is moldy, there's a great product from the store. You could buy that Home Depot or Lowe's, I think. And it's called, you ready, Jeremy? They're not sponsors of ours yet, so maybe I should. <laughs> can I guess what it is? My brother told me about this product. Oh, can I guess? Go ahead. Is it called deck wash? No. Oh. It's called wet and forget. Ooh. Oh, sounds like a gimmick. Like that. <laughs> it is. It's pretty neat. You spray it on. And okay. you walk and you walk away and when no. it's, yeah I really? swear it's, I <laughs> got to get your brother on the phone. I do not know how environmentally friendly it is, but it's oh, a cool yeah. it's a cool product. It's a cool okay. product. Yeah. Go get yourself an orbital sander and a mm-hmm. bunch of sandpaper for it. Yeah, a lot of sanding discs for it. Personal protective mm-hmm. equipment, PPE. of course. Wear a respirator, please. Yeah. Like a, a HEPA, a double cartridge filter HEPA face mask. Oh. Pr- protect your okay. lungs. Please. And uh, I don't know your drink of choice because it's uh, you're going to be there a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, oh, I know what. One other question in terms of the discs: Do you start with uh, you know a certain grit and move to another, or is there a single grit you use throughout? Sing- uh, single yeah, grit. Yeah, single grit. Eighty. Eighty what- grit. Eighty grit no. sandpaper. Eighty. Yeah. Here's my problem with that. Okay. <laughs> if she gets a, if she gets a. I hate to put it this way, a crappy sander mm-hmm. that doesn't orbit well. Mm-hmm. Do you think 80 grit is going to leave swirl marks on no, the boards? No. You don't think so? If it does, it's immaterial. I was going to say 120 grit. Uh, you'd be there too long. Mahogany's hard. Okay. That's true. It's like oak. Yeah. 80 grit. I wonder if I can rent an orbital. Don't bother. No, that doesn't don't. sound like Just go spend yeah. the And then you'll have it. 60, 80 yeah. bucks. You'll want it. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, you okay. could really splurge okay. and spend 100 <laughs> Well, we appreciate you calling. Yeah, Yeah, you know what? I'll take up a collection from the family. Good. And maybe they'll want to sign the house over to House Calls Podcast, (laughs) and we'll just take care of all of that. And we'll just relocate to Tupper Lake, New York. There you go. I'm sure there's plenty to do there. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Susan, thank you. Thanks for your help, guys. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Call in anytime. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. So, Jeremy. Mike. Do you think she's going to hire someone? Uh, That's a good question. I mean, she sounded like, honestly, it sounded like she was taking notes, didn't it? I thought so, too. Yeah. Yeah. See, those are the callers we want. Listen, everybody else out there, if you don't have a notepad, don't even call. (laughs) That's harsh, Mike. (laughs) All right, fine. Call it. (laughs) I think a lot of people are go-getters, and I think it's great. Mm -hmm. And I think some people get into it like, I don't know, I don't want to sand a, a deck and all the railings. Yeah. I would do it, particularly yeah. if there's a paycheck behind it. Yeah. But if I was a homeowner and I got into it and I wasn't and I wasn't feeling it, I'd hire somebody. Me too. I mean, if you can get somebody, I don't know. I wouldn't want to do it myself. We'll see. I wouldn't want to hire the lowest paid person either. Well, no, that's a whole other story. Yeah. So. What's the 800 number, Mike? Let's tell everybody. So they I refresh think their memory. If I remember right, it was 800 Slow and clear so everybody can hear you. If I remember right, (laughs) it was 1-800-511-6842. You remember correctly, that's the 800. Oh, perfect. This next caller is one of my tribe home builders. They're a rare breed. People that want to build their home. Everybody wants to build a home. Oh, but yeah, most gotta, people don't really want to 
build. They don't want to bang nails. Well, and they also don't really want to do it. They just think it'd be cool to do it. This next caller, what's her name, Amy? She wants to build a house, has a bunch of questions. Let's see if we could help her. She's figuratively going to build a house. Uh, What does that mean? Figuratively? It means she's writing checks. She builds houses how, like, architects build houses? No, that's even different. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to write checks. Nice. All right, let's get her on the line. I'll take some checks. Hello, hello, is this Amy? It is. Amy, this is Mike and Jeremy at House Calls Podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, we're doing, we're doing great. all right. We got a call that you are looking to... Um, I'm hoping to build in probably the next five years. Nice. And I was hoping you guys could, guys could give me some advice about what I should be considering when looking at land. Yes, uh-huh. rising interest rates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I'm concerned about it. No, here's what you want to look for. Where do you live? I live in Latham right now. Latham, New York. That's up by Albany, right? Yes. Okay, so you live Not in Latham. And where are you looking to build? I'm not really sure. Um, I would say somewhere up closer to Saratoga, probably. Mm, okay. That's a nice spot. Okay, so t- you're I'm looking for something a little more rural. Uh-huh. I'll tell you this. How, I- how old are you? Hold on. How old are you? I'm... Wait, let's stop a second. Michael, what? you never ask a woman how old she is. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. I meant house calls. This is... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you this. I know um, I have family that lives in Saratoga, and I know some builders and contractors in the Saratoga area, and everybody is saying that vacant property around Saratoga Springs, New York, is disappearing. Mm-hmm. So what I would suggest is if you have the means to buy property— even if you're not ready to build, start looking now. What do you think? Yeah, that's some good. Ad- that's good advice. I've definitely noticed that there aren't as many pieces, roughly the size that I'm interested in. What are you interested in? I'm thinking somewhere between five and ten acres. Okay, and what are you looking to spend? What do you think you'll want to spend on this? Um, I'd like to keep it under one hundred, if possible. Okay, you know, it's a little hard up there. That I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you some bad news. Okay. I just bought land. Why is that bad news? Because it cost a lot of money for not as much land. I wanted the same thing. I wanted five acres. Okay. And I was trying to keep it under 100, maybe even 120. And I could not make that happen. But I'm here in the Catskills where also land is disappearing. And just a little tip, it's disappearing everywhere because people are scooping it up. But especially in the resort areas, Saratoga Springs, Catskills, et cetera. It's harder and harder to buy land. Jeremy's absolutely right. They're not making it anymore. You not only need to start looking, you need to buy it now. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to buy? Do you have funds to buy property now? If I were able to keep it around a hundred thousand, yes. Okay, Mike. Mike, when you when you you said you just bought property, yeah. I couldn't remember if you you closed and everything. Yeah. What what uh, percentage of the property did you have to pay, quote unquote, cash for? All of it. You paid cash for the whole property? Yeah. Is that standard? No. I Yes. Yes, it is. And no, it's not. If you're going to build- <laughs> Yes, no, it is. No, it's not. If you're going to build on the property right away, mm-hmm. then sometimes you can get that loan. You can get the purchase price of the property mm-hmm. rolled right into the build loan. Mm-hmm. 
but you have to put down the 20%. So the cost of the land plus the cost of the build, that 20% is a huge chunk of money. So a lot of people buy the land first, mm-hmm. get their hands on it, and then use that land as collateral sure. to help in the build loan process. So you don't have to put down 20% because the land is the 20%. Does that make sense? Yes. Amy, are you taking notes? I am. Cool. Because we don't allow anyone to call in <laughs> unless they have a notebook. We uh, kind of decided does, that tonight. <laughs> does, does all that? Well, I'm all set. What, I, <laughs> so prepared. What? Uh, I mean, what do, what do you make of all that? What, what's your thought? Well, I think that I'm not ready to build yet. Um, okay. If anything, I would be purchasing when I find something if it really felt like there's no way I could pass it up if it was perfect. And then I would probably hold on to it for a while and decide what to do with my current house. That's the key. Then you Airbnb your house, and then you build your house with the Airbnb. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, if something changes in your life two, three, four, five years from now, sell the property. You might make some money. Exactly. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely something to consider. But few of the things you have to look for when looking at property is not just the property. You have to look at deed restrictions. Mm-hmm. You have to look at If it's rural, you have to look at septic restrictions, Mm -hmm. the uh, code requirements for septic for that county. Before you go into contract, you want to call the well companies if it's Mm -hmm. rural, and you want to find out roughly what the depth of the wells are around there so that you can have an idea of how deep your well is going to be. You know, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to building. It's a lot more complicated. In fact, I've met more people who've become divorced over building a house than any other thing. Really? Yeah. Have we been helpful whatsoever? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very helpful. Good. Keep us in the loop, you know. Um, if you get a piece of property, call us back. Tell us about the property, and maybe we can talk about the next steps, finding a builder. Amy, before the builder, I'm. if you're ready to build, when you're ready to build, when you find the piece of property, call me up. I want to design this place. I want to help <laughs> you right. design this God, place. God, you you're shameless. Yeah, sometimes. Wild. When it comes to design— well, you'll design it, and Jeremy will build it. Bang! Perfect. Perfect. Music to my ears. There's the plan, right. boys. Hey, Amy, thanks so much for Yeah, we for appreciate the call. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, thanks for calling, guys. Absolutely. All right, good luck. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Did you hear her? She's going to let me design the place. Yeah, and I'm going to build it. High five, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like five years from now, so. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I'll be I'm waiting. Booking. I'll be waiting. I'll be. I'm reserving. Let me. Put, let me get my calendar. I'm reserving it right now. Okay. Ding ding ding. <sighs> five years from now. I'm, I'm booking out five years from now anyway. So <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Michael. Jeremy. That wraps up yet another episode of the House Calls podcast. Thank God. <laughs> I got to get out of this booth with you. <laughs> Remember, if you have a home-related question, call us at 1-800-511-6842, and hopefully we can help you out. Can't wait to take your call. You can also follow us on Instagram. Facebook. You can check out our website, www.housecallspodcast.com. Yeah, and if you want to be a sponsor to the show, give us a ring. We're ready to, uh, we're ready to have your checks written. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the House Calls podcast, recorded at Silver Hollow Audio with your hosts, Mike Wentland and Jeremy Castle. Produced by Brett Barry. Editing by Zach Bell. Intermission music, Loopster, by Kevin McLeod. Distributed by Anchor. If you'd like to sponsor the next show, contact us through our website at housecallspodcast.com. Be sure to click that subscribe button and call us so we can feature your home question on the show. 1-800-511-6842. That's 1-800-511-6842. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.